0: So we gathered on the appearance day of uh, Narasimha Dev, Chaturdasi. Chatur means, Chaturdasi means the 14th day. So, uh, 14th day of the month, <laughs> the lunar month, and uh, the auspicious uh, appearance of Narasimha. Nara Narasimha. Narasimha means man and Singha means lion. So most of you are aware that he... Appeared as a half man and half lion.
1: Hmm.
0: So the question may arise as to the relevance of Nisringa Abhutar for those who are treading the Ragmarg. Ragmarg means the path to Vrindavan
1: hmm?
0: and the Brajalila, the pastoral lilas of Krishna. The question arises because Bhagavan Dev is a um, manifestation feature, abhutara of the Lord that uh, is eternally present in Vaikuntha. Koloka is called Mahabhaikuntha, but the the, the general idea of Vaikuntha where the Lord is worshiped in awe and reverence and the path to attain that is called the Vidimarg or vaidi-marg, bhakti as opposed, opposed to rag-bhakti. Rag-bhakti means, really, attachment. And the implication is that by attachment, we often do things that are not becoming. Because we're attached, we we do it anyway. So the inhabitants of Vrindavan are attached to to Bhagwan in such a way that they interact with him in ways that, from the Vaikuntha perspective, are unbecoming. In Vaikuntha, they worship the Lord in awe and reverence, and to think of wrestling him to the ground is not something that uh, they entertain there, but this is one example of how the devotees in Vrindavan Relate with Bhagavan in the form of Krishna. Krishna means actually Bhagavan in the hands of his devotees, surrendered to them. They surrendered to him, and in the ultimate, um, in the form of the gopis' love, they surrendered beyond his capacity to reciprocate. The Gita Krishna says, As they surrender to me, I reciprocate accordingly. But he has been outdone, so to speak. They took him up on this and they exhausted his capacity to reciprocate. He had to tell them in Rasalila that you have to be satisfied with your your love itself, your service itself. That's more than than me. And so, therefore, Jairade is the idea of the Gaudiya, that this love. Uh, of God in Ragmarg, it is it completely conquers the Lord, so he becomes like the friend, like the lover, like the son, and so forth. So this doesn't happen in Baikuntha. And noticeing Dev his this is his his uh residence is an avatar of Narayan. Difference being what? That uh it would appear that Nishinga is an avatar of Narayan and, and Narayan is an avatar of Krishna. Hmm. But if we look carefully, we'll see there's much scope for the veneration of Nadasingadeva, a place for him in the Rag Marg devotees of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And the idea that he is the avatar of Narayan somewhat comes into question as well. So we'll discuss that. Hmm. First of all, from the vantage point of the Siddhas, the perfected devotees of Braj. Their love of Bhagawan Sri Krishna is not such that it fosters any kind of pride. The means to go there has been, of course, delineated by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his associates at Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami is the epitome of the, or the the, really almost the personification of the kind of humility that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu mandated uh, uh, for, uh, for his devotees. He uh, uh, illustrates, by his example, the decorum that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said the devotees should be beautified by. What will they wear? What will be their dress? They will be dressed in humility. Intolerance in, in the um, um, dis, dis, re, re, reset them up disinclination towards uh, receiving honor and conversely, with the inclination to honor. So I like to say let's say, say this is the decorum. this is the way they should behave or this is the way they, the, the, how they'll be decorated not with any clothes of the world. Indeed, their sadhaka, deha, their body as a sadhaka takes on a spiritual quality. And when it's perfected, the devotees, that body is also honored in eternity, as well as their siddha deha. It becomes a gore body, so to speak. So just as we hear about the bhava-deha, of the inhabitants of Vrindavan, their bodies are made of bhava. Hmm? So, we describe the, the Sadhaka's body, his or her ornaments, her dress, as so forth in terms of more of an emotive sensibility. Hmm? Dressed in humility, hmm? uh, ornamented with tolerance and. Uh, did you get them connected. Yeah, fine. I'll try again. Uh, uh, excuse me. Uh, dressed in tolerance, uh, ornamented with uh, with 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 humility and the desire to seek no honor for themselves, meanwhile giving honor to others, and so forth. This really describes the body of a sahaka sadaka. Hmm? And these are the rules, if you will, that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was given his regulative principles for chanting. Follow this and chant and pray will not be far away. And soon you will attain Praim. So Krishna Goswami very much uh, personifies that kind of humility. So in 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 the development of our in the development of our spiritual life, what we acquire as we go along, it stays with us. So the fact that we become a Sharanagata at one point, a surrendered soul, hmm? doesn't mean that at a later point, that we, as we attain bhava, Sharanagati is left behind. Sharanagati comes with us. Just like if we take the various elements as they're described in sankhya philosophy, the earth, water, fire, air, ether. If we start with ether, it has a certain quality, the quality of sound. And if we go from ether to air, uh, then the quality of sound continues and the quality of air is added. And we go from air to fire, then the quality of sound and air are contained with another, along with fire, so forth. So, um, in this way, one... <laughs> in this way, the inhabitants of Vrindavan, the premikas but they're also sharanagatas, uh, to the extreme, so um, the humility indeed of sadhana bhakti it uh, it stays with the devotees and develops to the point this uh, humility is very interesting because. While it's an attendant of bhakti, so to speak, the Goswamis have reasoned about it and written about it in such a way in places as to make it even synonymous with bhakti in the highest sense. So, I mean to say that the inhabitants of Vrindavan, they are steeped in this uh, humility and at the same time they've attained the highest Destination. There's no pride in them. So, if a Vaikuntha person should come there, how will they deal with it? Will they say, as sometimes we hear people say, "In the name of Rag Bhakti, in this world we don't care for Vaikuntha." We can say that to a, to make a point, but it may be misunderstood. Also, hmm? we may then misunderstanding the point. Um, find fault in the Vaikuntha devotees, uh, dismiss the avatars of Narayan and so forth. But this is not what we find in the inhabitants of Vrindavan. When Narada Muni comes to Vrindavan, they're all paying their respects to him. And they aren't thinking, oh, there's that lowly Narada from Vaikuntha. He's only a Vaidhi uh, or something like that. No, they're full of humility. I told the story before with repeating. A disciple of mine... Hmm, uh, Dhammadhar Maharaj, he okay, we went the Dhammadhar March took sannyas in s- South India, and he, uh, the day of his sannyas, then there was a, we were to Nishinga, Ch- Nishinga Chaitanya Math, actually my godbrother, uh, Bhakti Gauravad Narasingha Maharaj. So appropriate to bring up the story, I guess, on, on, on this day. Um, the day of the sannyas ceremony, several young men took sannyas, there was an acharya from the, I think the the Madhva Sampradaya. In the area was coming, and giving darshan, and so we, Shingamar and I sent some representatives, of ourselves and our mission, to show respect. So Damanar Marsh came to me and said, "What shall? How shall I, conduct myself when I'm there? When I." you know, when I see the acharya and so forth. And um, so I told him that you pay your your dandavats. And I remember Mahaprabhu's statement, trinadapi suni Chayana, and so forth. So he went there, and um, this is a big event, so so many people were hoping to get the attention of the acharya, his gracious benediction glance and so forth, all from the Madhva sampradaya um and and so this, the atmosphere was surcharged with that kind of excitement and, and reverence and and so forth and if you got the the benediction glance then you, you know you'd think your your life was successful and so um Al-Dor marsh went and with others, and as soon as he saw the acharya, he followed my instruction and laid himself out in Dandavat Pranams with, you know, fully laid out on the floor like this. And he was a big man, a black man. And so, like, all the attention went to him. Like, oh, everybody cleared out of the way, and this guy's laying out on the floor, and is he Indian, or is he Western, or, you know? And so the Acharya's attention, completely, you know, came uh, to him. He got the benediction. glance by, uh, you know, without trying, so to speak. He was trying to be out of the way, but his humility um, exhibited in the way in which he was instructed by his guru caused all the attention, not only of the achari, but everybody in the assembly to come to him. Mm-hmm. So by show again, by showing honor to others, and we will be honored and we will not be interested in the honor. This is what Mahaprabhu has described. So the inhabitants of Vrindavan, they're not Proud in the, uh, at all. If anybody from Vaikuntha comes there, they'll show him all uh, regard. Hmm? Um, and so, also with the avatars of Narayan, we respect all of them. Hmm? We decorate our bodies in ragmark devotees still with the uh, signs of Vishnu and we chant the Vishnu mantras, the names of the different uh, some of the different avatars, and so forth. Bhagavatam is a discussion of the different avatars of Krishna. The sages asked, tell us about his leelas uh, in his different incarnations. If we study that question carefully. We we'll see they're saying Krishna is the source of all the incarnations. It's so another instance in which the Bhagavatam makes this point, Krishna is too Bhagavan Swayam. So we see them then as manifestations of Krishna um, in relation to different devotees at different times and different circumstances, we see our Krishna appearing there in that way. And indeed, this is particularly the case with Nandasimha Bhagavan. So the question arises, as I mentioned, is he an avatar of Narayan? or is he an avatar of Krishna directly? Interesting thought. it comes up in the lila, of course, in which Bhagavan Narasimha appeared, when we study the life of Perlad, and studying the life of Perlad should tell us much about Narasimha, Why? Because bhakti that Perlad personifies has a corresponding object, as we know, and the object is a particular form of Bhagavan. And the Bhagavatam very clearly points out again and again, if we study carefully, Everything that's said there about Prahlad, that his ishta devata that his own uh, heart's deity was Krishna, hmm? not Narayan or any of his other avatars he was a devotee of Krishna, his guru ishta devata Narada was uh, all his ishta devata was also Krishna Narada is also a a Vaidhi Bhakta. So Krishna Leela hmm, extends from Ragmarga to Vaidhi Marg as it moves from Vrindavan to Mathura to Dwaraka. As Golok brought up the other day, some of the people at Gurukshetra saw Krishna four armed, and Arjuna saw him as two armed. So Dwarakesh Krishna, the Krishna of Dwaraka, the prince Rather than the cowherder, if you will, and his prince Delilah, sometimes he shows four arms. And the inhabitants of Dwarka, they know he's God, and they're thinking, "Oh my God, wow, he's God." But he's interacting with us as if he's our prince and a member of the uh, you know, our family, and so forth. Uddhava was bewildered by the bewildering activity activities of krishna who would ask him for advice who was is well known for saying you're bewildering you know everything but you ask me for your advice what can i do i have to give you my advice but you already know everything hmm? so the sense of aishvarya the, the godliness of bhagavan Sri krishna is prominent in Dwarka, and they're just startled and stunned by the fact that God is our family member. This is incredible. <laughs> um, I've often said that in order for there to be the full sense of intimacy, then Bhagwan has to take a finite-like appearance. Otherwise, we'll feel we're in front of the infinite and we'll feel so finite that we're gonna move to the back of the room, it won't afford intimacy. So, Krishna is the form in which the infinite takes a finite like form, but mostly and in, 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 completely, I should say, comprehensively so, in the Vrindavan Leela. In the Dwarka Leela, is kind of curious because they do say, Oh my God, but what can we do? It's God, He's God, but He's acting like this. We have to follow His order, so we'll treat Him like a prince and like one of us, and so forth. In Vrindavan, of course, they think he's one of us and they think that whatever wonderful thing he does that somehow Narayan is doing that through him but he's just my son, just my friend, just my my lover, something like that. So the scales are tipped there. They see his Aishwarya, but they don't attribute it to him. They attribute it to a blessing from Gargamuni that said your son will act, Narayan will do wonderful things through your son, something like that. So... So Nard is there in Dwarka, hmm? and um, he's a devotee of Krishna. But Krishna is there, uh, largely uh, uh, relating with devotees in in the Vaiti Marg. Hmm? Pralad, of course, we don't find him in in uh, the Dwarka Lila, uh, because he was not. Uh, um, his Leela with Bhagwan is not take place during the same time that Krishna's lila takes place once in the day of Brahma. It is in another another millennia, another yuga. And um, nonetheless, he is also a devotee of Krishna. It doesn't mean that he's a ragmarg bhakti, as we're explaining. There are some devotees of Krishna that are in the vaiti the inhabitants of Dwarka are a good example. The Krishna mantra that we give the primary mantra uh, for the mantra diksha um, mentions the, the three names of Bhagawan uh, uh, Krishnaya unto Krishna, Govindaya unto Govinda, Gopijanabalabhaya. Under I give myself. So the Govindaya and the Gopijanabalabhaya, these are Ragmarg names that pertain to Mandanuga and, and what we call uh, Kamanuga the love of krishna as a friend or as a parent or as a servant tinged with friendship in in braj that's sambandanuga and Kamanuga, the love of the gopis krishna the krishna name hmm, it also is applicable to krishna in the braj but it also extends beyond that to mathura and dwarka in Dwarka, they not they don't call him Gopijanabalaba.
1: Hmm?
0: They tend not to call him Gobinda either, but if they do they think of it slightly differently. They don't think of him as the as a cow as the cow herd, master of the cows. Gobinda means also who gives pleasure to the senses, so they might think of it another way, but the primary name there would be be Krishna or other names that pertain to um, his Leela there. So, at any anyway, rate, Krishna is the deity of Prahlad. Matirana Krishna, this is the uh, uh, advice that he, Prahlad gave to um, how he taught his uh, classmates and so forth, the best thing that he learned hmm? um, uh, at school, that... Um, his father, Haranyakasipu, wanted to know and was disappointed to find out. He had learned it from Prahlad, of course, or excuse me, from Narada, while he was in the womb of his mother. So he taught, he taught his, he taught Vishnu Bhakti, but um, he taught his his students Mathirna Krishna Parathasvatova, that um, if you're attached to sense gratification, the, the resolute determination to serve Krishna won't, won't come into mind. Uh, he's described in the Bhagavatam by Sukadev as as being a, a devotee of Krishna, whose uh, he said whose life is drawn under the is under the influence of Krishna, like someone who's under the influence of a particular constellation, astrologically speaking, and will have a natural tendency to move in that way. If you read his chart, you say, "Oh." Well, he will be like this." So his chart had the one planet that astrologers don't have in their chart, Goloka. Oh, Krishna, the Krishna of uh, <laughs> in his chart, so, or Vaikuntha in his, in his chart. and But particularly he's described in this way again as being a devotee of Krishna. There's several, four, five, six places. Govinda Paribramita. Sugareva describes him as being embraced by Govinda. Hmm? Uh, several places in which, as I say, it's clear that he was meditating on Krishna. Krishna was his Istadevata. And then he, of course, got himself, uh, found himself in a difficult situation in relation to his demonic father. And as a Saranagata, he simply depended upon Krishna in all instances. And it was Krishna then. Who appeared as Narasimha to deal with the circumstances? The circumstances were that his father, Pallad's father, who was demonic and harassing the young Prahlad, had received the blessing from Brahma. This blessing that was sought by Hirani Kasipu exemplifies and seeks to teach us the the fact that we cannot beat the system, so to speak. Hmm? The long arm of the law will catch up with us uh, in due course. God is, we're studying Bhagavatam. We'll be beginning our review then of the first and second chapters on Wednesday. And it starts with Naimishanamishacetre. Hmm? At the setting in Naimisharanya, the Bhagavatam was spoken. Anaimisha Anamishha means not blinking. This is a name for Vishnu. He never blinks. Hmm? So that means there's nothing that he doesn't see. Vishnu is means all pervasive, so he's everywhere. He doesn't miss th- miss anything. Hmm. You cannot Om uh, um, Omta Vishnu, Paramam. Padam. gave a beautiful commentary on this Rig Veda mantra. Hmm? The, 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 it's an offering of respect to the feet of Vishnu, who's got eyes like on the bottom of his feet, kind of he can see everything, hmm. standing above us, so to speak. There's nothing that he doesn't see, nothing that's not under, uh, within his vision. So we we only cheat ourselves when we try to, try to cheat the system, or when we fail to see the universality of our deity, we conduct ourselves, that means to say, in one way, in front of the deity, and another way somewhere else, because we fail to understand the universality of our deity. Hmm? A fellow asked me in North Carolina, "That do we have to worship um, publicly?" Hmm? He said, "Can it only be it can, it can only be private?" Can I? "No, does it have to be public? Do We have to like you know make a public display." So, like during the chanting, he wouldn't chant. You know, he'd be quiet. You know. He thought, this is making a public display. This worship should be done privately. Uh, but he was nice about it. Does, does it have to be done publicly, he said. So I answered in a thoughtful way, which reached a conclusion, ultimately, that it, when we really worship, there becomes no difference between our public and our private life. And we have worshiped successfully. Hmm? We become the embodiment of worship. We become the love of Godhead mm, that is one with God, mm, one and different. mm. And so you have to worship publicly (laughs) in that sense. You cannot but not. mm. Um, And to the extent that we... There's a difference between our private and public life then we are not fully worshiping. We have not understood... The universality of our deity that 's the purpose, so to speak, of the deity worship and the temple and so forth, at least to say hes he's in one place anyway, and you should go to that place, you should go there regularly and you should conduct yourself in this way when you 're there and, and you're supposed to get some sense then that that the God actually exists, and then you think about it and and he's everywhere he's no there 's nowhere that he 's not she don 't gave this answer once when he was challenged by a relative. Uh, who wanted him to be religious but not that religious hmm? because he was had a drawing, you know, a, a, a pull towards monastic life, towards full dedication and the mission and so forth. Um, and um, the relative reasoned with him. He said that it's good that you worship God. In our family we worship God and we're Brahman family and so forth. This is what we should do. It's appropriate, but at the same time, God is very far away. If you look at the sun, see how far it is. Then there are many distant stars beyond that. He didn't say it, but you could say it today. If you took the Hubble telescope, as they have, and you just kept it in one place in a blank spot in the universe, focus on a blank spot where you can't you can't see any stars. Hmm. The Hubble telescope then goes further than you can see, obviously, with the eye, and it takes pictures of uh, what galaxies far beyond, um, millions and millions of galaxies far beyond the eye. And God's beyond that, so we should worship God, but he's not very nearby. (laughs) So our concern should be in the here and the now, primarily, and keep God in mind. So this way he tried to dissuade Shuddharmar from being too fanatical in his approach to religion as this uh, relative saw it. And Shudharmar said, I think of it slightly differently. Yes, God is is far away, uh, like you're saying, but my question to you is, is there anywhere that God is not? Hmm? And he was stumped then, the relative, and he had to back off. And of course the Nishringar Leela brings this idea out. The universality of the, uh, of the deity. Prahlad was put in difficulty. Mm-hmm. He meditated on Krishna. Prahlad is the example in the context of Navalakshan Bhakti. Navalakshan Bhakti means ninefold bhakti. Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Smananam. These are the first three and the main ones. Hearing, chanting, remembering, or meditating. And the hearing and the chanting will foster the meditating. Kirtana Prabhavismad Swabhavi. In a natural way by the force of Kirtan, meditative capacity will come within us. The mind will be arrested in due course. And it will focus hmm, on the name. And in the name you will find the form and the qualities and the leelas of the Lord. So amongst these nine there's Archan, deity worship and the offering of prayers and worshiping the lotus feet and so forth, the ninefold bhakti. And Prahlad, this came from Prahlad. Prahlad gave this. He's the genesis of this avalokshan bhakti in this world in answer to his father's question, what's the best thing you've learned at school? This is what I've learned. Hmm? And he himself exemplifies smaranam, the remembrance, passive adoration of Bhagwan, in, steeped in, in meditation. So he was meditating on Bhagavan Sri Krishna. Hmm? And uh, his father, but but Bhagavan Krishna appeared as Nastringadev to meet the necessity of Prahlad in relation to his father's blessing that he received, the father's blessing that he received from Brahma, which he pursued in an attempt, as I say, to beat the system, to get beyond the all-pervading glance of uh, Vishnu. Hmm? And uh, he asked Brahma for that he would be that he would not die, something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, so Brahma said, "Well, everybody has to die. I can't give you a, a blessing like that." So then he started to reason. Well, give me a blessing that I won't die at night, okay? And that I won't die in the day. All right, you're blessed. That I won't die in the water, or the land, or the air. Okay, you have my blessing. Hmm? I won't die at the hands of any man or any animal. All right, you have the blessing. I won't die uh, by the hands of any man, animal, or by any weapon held by a man or an animal. Okay, you have this blessing. And this way he had a whole list of checks and balances, and he thought, okay, I've beat the system. I can't die at night or day, so I can't die by... The hand of any man or animal or any weapon and so on. If you're not on the land, well, you're in the water. If you're not on the water, you're in the air. So Uh, in this way he thought that he had uh, attained attained immortality. Hmm? So this is like people in the modern world, they have ideas now in science of of how uh, humans can become immortal. There's a new uh, blood test that's out and it's going to be available uh, over the counter in Europe shortly. Just heard about it yesterday. That uh, tells, it tests something, tell us somethings, tell us somethings. Uh, it's about, about telemeters. Yeah, I think it's 12 telemeters. And if you have short telemeters, then you'll have a short life. Hmm? So they have some data. To support the idea that the shorter your telemeters, the more you'll be inclined to whatever, and um, um, the likelihood of a shorter life is assured. Mm-hmm. So they have a telemeter blood test, and it's quite controversial because well, if you find out you have short telemeters, and the insurance companies find out, then your life insurance costs may go up, and uh, and if you find out, well, I only got t- 10 years and you spend all your money. Instead, if you find out I have 40, I'll, maybe I'll invest it and go a little more conservatively. And so forth. So it could very much uh, affect the conduct of the people and the way we, um, we think about uh, our, our lives. So these are the kind of dilemmas that science, or technology, I should say, with scientific data in the hands of humanity um, becomes uh, questionable whether it's an advantage, or whether it's a disadvantage, whether it is morally sound, or whether it involves really a, a tampering with the nature of nature and going beyond our really human um, role as it would be thought of spiritually as a caretaker of nature, and, um, and of course to the extent that it puts out of the picture, the idea of the soul a, a consciousness and consciousness and, and the means for conquering over nature to be uh, a gentle means going within rather than going without, then it has gone too far. And um, so anyway, these are the kind of problems that come up in in the world today that have to be dealt with. Um, and uh, we go to the example of the Bhagavatam. Well, here here it was determined that that this, uh, clearly that Hiranyakasipu who tried to beat the system, become immortal by another means, other than, and and he was trying to become immortal, but he was very mean-spirited. The Bhagavad teaches how to become immortal by becoming gentle, by becoming kind, by becoming humble, hmm? and realizing your smallness. After all, that Hubble, picture of the farthest, you know, system of galaxies is make, if you look at it, you think, man, we are really small. Hmm? That's the reality. But we act as if we're very big and and uh, and uh, and of human-centric life to one extent or another. So Bhagavatam seeks to take us out of that human-centric outlook into a God-centric outlook where we become very small. Hmm? But of course we become comforted in our smallness by becoming the friend of the one who's very, very big, bigger than all the galaxies and all the universes and so on and so forth. So Bhagavatam is giving this example in a, in a beautiful narrative of uh, in the Krishna Avatar. And here the father of Prahlad, the, the, the devotee who brought this manif- caused in a sense, this manifestation, people ask, if God's the cause of everything, what's the cause of God? So we have, of course, the answer to that silly question. Hmm? There's a lot of different ways to answer it. You could say that, well, we know that the universe has a cause. Science concludes that anyway. We don't really know, but that's what they've concluded so far. That could change. In fact, there's a fellow and we were talking about him the other day who's 12 years old who has a who's working on a new theory other than the Big Bang Theory. And I think part of that theory is that there is no cause uh, the, 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 to the universe. Hmm? So that would contradict the Big Bang theory. But anyway, the popular theory is that the, the, the idea is that the universe has a cause. But the idea about God is not that God has a cause. So when we say that God is the cause of the universe, and someone says, well, what's the cause of God? That the question is positing uh, an, an understanding about God. It's relative to the universe, but not relative to God. So the idea of God's God has no cause. So if you conclude that the universe must have a cause, then we, you haven't got any suggestion what that is. Um, so the scriptures also agree, scientifically speaking, <laughs> that in this sense, then the, that the universe has a cause. Hmm? We could also say it has no cause. We can go both ways based on scripture. Hmm? It has no beginning. It has innumerable beginnings, it comes and goes, but the whole of the cosmos uh, has no more beginning than the breathing of Vishnu has a beginning. Hmm? It expands outwardly with his exhalation and inward it contracts with his inhalation. So we can talk about it as anadi with no beginning or we can talk about it as a beginning in terms of the different cycles. Hmm? Um, So at any rate, if you want to say it has a beginning, then we say... A cause, then we say God is the cause. You can't ask us what's the cause of God because God's not like the universe. The idea from the very beginning is that God doesn't have a cause. But if you want to press on it and say God must have a cause, we say, okay, God has a cause. And the cause is his devotee. Hmm? So the devotee's love corresponds with Bhagwan. And there are many forms of the Lord. They correspond with the different sentiments of the devotees in awe and reverence in friendship and in conjugal love and in parental love and so forth. And the Lord appears slightly differently hmm, to each and every devotee relative to their love. So their love is the cause, in a sense, hmm, of Bhagwan. So what's the cause of Krishna? Radha. Who is the cause of Radha? Krishna. Hmm? This is <laughs> the Gaudiya uh, logic. So... At any rate, the, the demonic Haranikasipu in a simple but beautiful story that takes a large part of the Bhagavatam, the story begins really in the third chapter, third, third canto, uh, where the story of the Kumara is going to Vaikuntha is discussed. And they're cursed being cursed and thus they're appearing in three, three lives as demons, one of which is this Haranikasipu and the corresponding forms of the Lord for Virarasa the Lord's desire to taste fighting with his devotees. There's no fighting in Vaikuntha.
1: Hmm?
0: And he could fight with demons, but there'd be no bhakti there, no rasa there, because bhakti is favorable, anukul. And so when the coward friends of Krishna fight with him, it's all favorable, it's out of love. When the demons fight, it's not out of love, so there's no bhakti there. Hmm? So to taste bhakti rasa, then there has to be the devotee in Bhagawan. So the devotee has to take the role as uh, a fighter. But no one's going to fight with him in vaikuntha They do fight with him in, in Goloka, but Narayan comes from from Krishna. Krishna doesn't come from Narayan. So to taste the fullness of Virarasa. Hmm? and 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 not Yudhavira also, the playful mock fighting of Goloka, but a dharma, dharma, Dharma-vira. Hmm? Narayan is the god presiding over Dharma. Hmm? And um, so he wanted to taste Dharma-vira. So we don't find the Dharma-vira. Vira is a type of rasa, secondary rasa. And there's, uh, there's Dharma-vira, Dharma-vira, and Yudhavira. So Yudhavira is the kind of fighting we find in Goloka, in Braj, amongst the cowherds and Krishna wrestling. It's a mock fighting. Dharma, Vyura, is the fighting to establish Dharma. Hmm? So Narayan wanted to taste that. So he had to come to the material world and he had to have devotees to do it. So the story begins there because one of those births of Jaya and Vijay, the gatekeepers of Vaikuntha that were cursed by the sages, whose curse was honored by Narayan, hmm? The sages could have counteracted the curse, there's no way that they would be influenced by a curse of, sa- of uh, the gatekeepers could have counteracted the curse because their bhakti is superior to the position of the kumaras who gave the curse, but Narayan kept it in place, they honored it because Narayan had the desire to taste dharma bhuta with them. So at any rate, one of the births of the gatekeepers is Hiranyakasipu. So the story, in a sense, begins there later on the story comes up in the 7th canto of the bhagavatam takes up the greater part of the 7th canto of the bhagavatam when Yudhisthira is talking with narada about the impartiality of bhagavan bhagavan's not who's he's impartial he treats everyone equally god should be so hmm? and um of course he he doesn't in a sense he's favor he's 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 partial to his devotees which is the nature of love. As Paramatma, he's impartial. But as Bhagwan, Bhagavan is characterized by partiality, by uh, appearing in one way for one set of devotees who are partial to him in that way and another way to another set of devotees who are partial to him in that way. So, um, in the context of that, at any rate, this um, uh, story comes up um, and it appears uh, that the gatekeepers of Vaikuntha fell because of the cursing of the sages. And Yudhisthira says, I cannot believe that anyone can fall from Vaikuntha. He says, that ha- I cannot accept that. Yudhisthira says, I cannot accept that anyone could fall from Vaikuntha. Why? He says, because they're all s- situated in forms constituted of Surup shakti. And the Surup shakti can, c- cannot be influenced by maya shakti and there is no maya shakti there. So how is it possible that some curse of the sages could cause anybody to fall from Vaikuntha? How could anyone? You know, I can't believe that. And so then the story is narrated by Nara, and of course Nara doesn't say, yes, they can fall from Vaikuntha." Hmm? Only in the context of Bira Rasa, the desire of the Lord for Rasa, hmm? not because of any defect on the perfected soul's part or, or the place or the environment or so on and so forth. Hmm? So... Uh, It takes a large part of the Bhagavatam, a beautiful story, and it makes so many nice points. So here is a very um, relevant point if we think it out. It's just like, uh, uh, is it a myth, the story of Hiranyakasipu? He wanted to be immortal and he got the blessing from Brahma, the creator, that in my creation, which is full of days and nights, it's made of earth and water and air and and animals and men and And men with weapons and so forth and so on. And you'll not die by any of these, in any of these places, in any of these times, under any of these influences. Um, Hiranyakasipu is trying to be immortal. It's the same thing that's going on today in modern science the attempt to conquer over nature. Hmm? Nature mandates and seems to say that you cannot live forever. And not even happily, if you go against the current. This is uh, as it's understood from the vantage point of the scripture. So we try to go against that, and even in a sophisticated way, Hiranyakasipu, You know, let's give him credit. He had a very sophisticated idea about that. He did penances for ten thousand years. It said in meditation, uh, and 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 was, this is also an interesting point. Bhairagya, Detachment in and of itself, what does it beget? Boga. Boga and tiaga. Boga means enjoyment, tiaga means renunciation. If we go full on and pig out, so to speak, as they sometimes say, and just eat and, uh, or indulge, hmm, centrally, what is the result of that? Renunciation. You want to get away from it. You want to withdraw from it. And if you just withdraw entirely, what do we find? Then you want to indulge. In fact, there are people who do Bhairagya only, and what do they get for it? Well, we know they get one thing they get people come and give them things. Hmm? That's what happens. The Rishi sits and does this Bhairagya. There was a guy in Vrindavan who um, uh, took a vow to stand on one foot, only on one leg. He had dreadlocks. He used to smoke pot. And uh, some of these kind of babas do. And and there he sat, stood on one leg. He actually supported himself with a swing from a tree. So it's kind of an imitation here on Yikasipu. The idea is it looks spiritual, the guy's only standing on one leg, wow. For for uneducated people. Hirani Kasipu is talked is, is described as standing on the tips of his toes for ten thousand years. Hmm? And he stood there on his toes and for so long, without eating or whatever, and it, and it wasn't it that an anthill came around him and covered him over and so And he was oblivious to it. So these examples are given in the Bhagavatam for reasons. People will, if, if, you, if you saw a guy that stood on his toes for, you know, 10 years or something like that in meditation, you'd think, oh, that's the guru I want, you know? But, but in the Bhagavatam, that's depicted as demonic. It's not, and, 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 and what was his desire? <clears throat> to enjoy. He did tiag for bhoga. This guy in Vrindavan, he stood on one leg and people would come and give him money and give him things and they'd build a temple and, and, and so forth and, and gradually got a cushion on his swing, you know, to lean on, <laughs> got, the, got disciples and so forth and uh, I talked to him once, he, he offered me a, a joint. I said, we don't do that in our Sampradaya.
2: <laughs> we, 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 don't, we don't indulge in that way.
0: So this, the, we see examples, of the tiag, renunciation in and of itself, it brings bogue. people will be enamored by that and they'll come and bring things to the person. Whether anything else gets, you get from it, that questionable. Hmm? Bhakti is different altogether. In the context of bhakti there will be some bhog and there will be some tiag. If I say to you, take prashad, hmm? you don't say, no, I'm fasting. I'm renounced. Hmm? That will be to offend bhakti. Hmm? And, and, and you, would, you you may be fasting, but I say, take prasad. Yes, we'll honor the prasad. And it is a, it's a big gulab jaman. So It tastes good. You're enjoying. Hmm? So for Krishna, I will accept bhog in the context of his service. And if we say, today is a fasting day because we are honoring Bhagavan, Narahari,
2: Narasimha, Chaturasi, Kejai, you say, yes,
0: then I will not eat anything until the Bhagavan has eaten. I will, do, I will renounce. So we do our renunciation, we do our enjoyment in the context of bhakti. This is the main stream. These two, Bog and Tyag, are tributaries. If they enter the stream of bhakti, they'll reach the Bay of Bengal. Hmm? Like the Ganges will reach the Bay of Bengal but so many other tributaries won't. If they join the Ganga, then they can realize their their potential. Hmm? So Hiranyakasipu, here he is, this personification of trying to conquer over, beat the system, conquer over nature, deny God and so forth. It's, 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 is it a myth or is it a way of really talking about reality, the reality of our material lives. And we see many Hiranyakasipus um, today that uh, gold in a soft bed. We watched a movie in Portland when I was there called The Inside Job. The Inside Job. It was all about bankers and so forth. And if you, if you looked carefully at them, they wanted gold and a soft bed. Mm-hmm. That's what they were. And Hiranyakasipu means that gold and soft bed So this is very much a a reality the story of (laughs) Ranikasipu and it's going on forever in the world. This is what the Bhagavatam wants to say. Hmm? And the lila, the divine play, uh, which is conducted under the influence of Sarup Shakti, plays it out for us in a beautiful narrative, in a beautiful setting. And Ranikasipu, as I said, he tried to beat the system. And so he harassed his son Prahlad. Prahlad needed to... Uh, what recourse could he take? He's just a child. Hmm? His father was like this big demon that had Brahma under his control, is the idea. Hmm? He was able to conquer nature considerably.
1: Hmm?
0: I mean, the powers that he had were extraordinary. So you could could go pretty far with it. Conquering nature, changing the nature of nature, and so forth. You get pretty far with it and get pretty intoxicated and just dismiss God. He's nowhere in the picture. Nowhere in the picture. There is no God. There are no why questions. It's only how. We'll figure out the how and there's no more existential questions. We don't exist. Consciousness is just matter. We just think we exist. We we as an individual. They say this. It's going in this direction. God's nowhere. Nowhere. And the Bhagavatam in this Leela is depicting this kind of a mentality teaches us just the opposite God is everywhere. Hmm? That's the teaching. Everywhere is centered for Him, nowhere circumference. Hmm? So Prahlad is meditating on Krishna, and Krishna hmm, appears as Narasimha. So again, the question is Nasring an avatar of Narayan, or is he a special avatar? a special form of Krishna hmm? is that he had not, not appeared yet in the world. He had ne- this form had never been seen. Pralab brought him out out of his meditation upon Krishna. Hmm? We find uh, a similar idea, a reverse idea also in Gaudi Sampradaya. Gopal Bhatta Goswami was worshiping Several shaligram shilas that he had gotten from the Gandaki River, hmm? and he was, had him in Vrindavan. and he was lamenting that he didn't have a deity of Krishna, like Rupa Goswami, Radhagovinda, hmm? for example, uh, that you could dress and decorate and so forth. Because the shilas, you can you, you don't have the same facility to, to do so in stones, shaligrams. So on the Shringa Chaturdasi this day. Gopal Bhatta Goswami was meditating on the Leela and thinking, "How fortunate was Prahlad hmm, that Bhagwan Nishinga appeared, you know, directly to him in this way." And at the same time, he was lamenting that, "I don't have the deity form." In the morning, he woke up, and in the then there was a bulge inside the basket that he kept the shilas in. He thought a snake had gone in there, so he very carefully he tipped it over. But what he saw was what. The Nunasingha shila that he had hmm, had turned into Radha-Raman, the deity. You see his shoulder and his hip, the, the, the round part of the shila that expanded and this Radha-Raman came out. Hmm? He was told, Gopal Bhattu Goswami, by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the south, where Mahaprabhu stayed for four, 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 four months at his father's house. Gopal Bhatta, the head priest of the Ramanuja sampradaya his son was Gopalbhata. Venkatabhata, his son was Gopalbhata. So he gave a blessing to Gopalbhata. You go to Vrindavan and you stay there. When your parents, take care of your parents. When they pass away, you go to Vrindavan and stay there. And I'll meet you again there. Hmm? So he was also lamenting that when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu will <coughs> come and give me the darshan. Uh, he, he gave him his shoes and his wooden seat. That's mm-hmm. kept there in the Radharaman temple. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, it's Doti, and I have a, cl- a thread, it's on our altar from the Doti of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. that was given to Gopal Bhatta Goswami. So uh, he was limiting when, when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu will come again. So it was understood by Gopal Bhatta that when the Nisringa deed, this is a reverse, as I said, from the meditation of Prahlad on Krishna, Nisringa came out. From the meditation of Gopal Bhatta, a Krishna Bhakta, mm-hmm. the devotee of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, on Narasimha, Krishna came out <laughs> in the form of Radha Raman. And it was considered there that, that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who is Radha and Krishna combined, came in this way. Mm-hmm. Again, because it was a very extraordinary darshan. There's a whole temple that's been built now, of course, and worship was going on for centuries of Radha Raman. Mm-hmm. Is considered to be Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Radha and Krishna combined. shri Krishna Chaitanya, Radha Krishna, not anya. Rupanugas, Janerjivan. This is the life of the Rupanugas, the followers of Rupa Goswami. The Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Radha and Krishna combined. Hmm? So this Narsinghadev has a place then hmm? in the Lila of uh, in 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 Gor Lila. Hmm? Um, it has a place for devote. He has a place in the lives of the devotees, of uh, on on the Ragmarg. He's prominent in the This is just leela. This is just one of the ways I've mentioned in relation to Gopal Bhatta, who's a member of the hmm? um, um And he's a special incarnation of Krishna. And yes, he resides in Vaikuntha, but. Like Narayan, and unlike any other manifestation of the Lord in Vaikuntha, the Lord Narayan in Vaikuntha will show Himself as not as Kurma. Uh, this one and that one, to different devotees on the days, the Titis that we're celebrating today, the Titi, the time of the of the of the uh, of the, uh, the constellation under which Nashinga appeared. Hmm? Uh, it's called the Titi. On that, at that time, in Vaikuntha, the Lord will show that form. If you go to South India, I went to Varakala, uh, where the Janardhan Deity of Narayan is there. And we were there on, I think, maybe on Janmaspani, and he thought he was decorated like Gopal Krishna. Hmm? And on Nisringadev, he decorated like Nisringadev, and so forth. So in Vaikuntha, he shows these different forms to his different devotees. Hmm? But all these different avatars of Narayan they're different from Narayan in one sense. That Narayan is full in six opulences, all wealth, strength, beauty, knowledge, wealth, wealth, strength, beauty, knowledge, renunciation, and fame. Hmm? Sadaishwarya, this is the definition by Parashara Muni of Bhagwan, who has all opulences, therefore is all attractive because we are attracted to these different opulences. Hmm? So Narayan is, full in all opulences, and of course, Krishna's full in all opulences, opulences. and so is Narasimha Bhagawan. We learn this from the Lagu Bhagavatamrita of Rupa Goswami. Hmm? Narasimha is a sad purna agvitar. He has all six opulences. Ram does also, but Ram's place is slightly above by in Ayodhya. Hmm? He's always manifest there with his devotees, Slightly above means there's slightly more intimacy available. The measurement is by rasa, the distances. Hmm? So, like Narayan, Narasringa is full in all six opulences, not like Guruma or this avatar or that avatar. Min, mina, hmm, Mina, hmm. Matsya, yeah, Mina, yeah, Matsya, Mina, anyway, and so forth. Hmm? So he's a very special um, incarnation, like Ram, like Krishna, like Narayan, full in all six opulences. He manifested as a result of meditating among Krishna, as I say, from Prahlad's meditation, and in a reverse order, from Gopal Bhattu meditation. He appeared in the Sringa Leela to make this point that as far away as you think you may have pushed God by your technological developments. Yoga is a technological, you know, development in a sense. To stand on on your toes for, you know, whatever it is, 10,000 years, is, that's a pretty cool technology <laughs> in one sense. So uh, it's very extraordinary. Yoga is a technology. It was a prominent technology of the time. And he tried to conquer, by austerity, he tried to conquer over hmm? Uh, material nature, so to speak, and not die. But when he when he couldn't kill Perlad and as he was trying, he said, "So okay, you know, you, you want to worship your god? Where is your god? As you know, is he in that pillar? Yes, I see him there also. Hmm? And of, therefore, he took his sword, and he was powerful enough to break the stone pillar, hmm? and out came Nadasinha. He wasn't a man." He wasn't an animal, he was a half man, half animal. Hmm? He didn't appear at night or day, he appeared at dusk, in between the day and in between the night. He killed Hiranyakasipu, not in the air, not on the land, not on the water, but on his lap. Hmm? Not with his hands, the hands of an animal, nor the hands of a man, they were half and half. Not with any weapon, but with his nails, Hmm? fingernails, not considered a weapon and so forth and all anyway there's a whole list of them as many as you could make checks and balances were counteracted by the string. it means that this is this is god hmm? you cannot as far as you can think about it hmm, he's outthought you <laughs> he's one step ahead you cannot beat the system hmm? and where is he where is he not this is the vision of the devotee we see him everywhere and in ragbhakti in the lineage uh, following of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he's very prominent. We have great regard for him, great respect for him. Hmm? He is bhakti bhiknabhinashanam. Hmm? In rag-bhakti, we can begin to follow rag-bhakti by following a rag But because we don't have any taste, any ruchi, any real attraction spontaneously, we follow because we become attracted to a rag-bhakti on the path. So we attach ourselves to him or to her. And then we reason out hmm, why the scripture says rag-bhakti is best, which is kind of a vaiti exercise. In other words, the motivation for Vaidi bhakti is I should do it because the scripture says it's the wise thing to do. Hmm? Rag-bhakti is not like that. We do it, whatever, out of spontaneous Attraction not because it should be done or shouldn't be done. Therefore, they're acting with Godhead out of attachment. Mm-hmm. It almost looks unbecoming from the Vaikuntha perspective. do you know, would think of Vaikuntha of, of tying Narayan up to a mortar and chastising him as his mother Christ, uh, mother of Krishna did mm-hmm. in the dhamma leela lila mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, there is... We attach ourselves to rag-bhakti and then we engage in a mixture of Vaidi and rag-bhakti together. Hmm? And as we become more adept, as we develop taste and so forth, then it becomes full rag. We don't do it for mixed bhakti or for a mixed result. You can do mixed rag-bhakti and vaidi bhakti and become a queen in dwarka. This is not our objective. Hmm? We mix only as much as we have to mix because of our level of development hmm? and in such a way that gradually we'll be able to be proficient and pure purely on the ragmarg only. Hmm? That takes some time, not overnight. So Neshinga Dave, Dave, can help us in that regard. Neshinga too. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, and... And he, therefore he's called Bhakti And Here he moves anarthas, which are the impediments to to our bhakti, which gets in our way. He presides over the kirtan we find in Goralila and Nabadweep. When the Chandakazi sought, sought to stop the Kirtan and broke the Murdunga in the streets, that night Shringadev appeared to him in a dream hmm, and said, Don't you ever Break that drum again. That's my favorite instrument. Hmm? And he scratched his heart like I'll, I'll rip your heart out. Hmm? In the morning, when he woke, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Said that night, the next, that, that following evening, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came with a hundred thousand devotees with torchlights, performing Namsan and kirtan in protest of the Chandakazi's activities. Chandakazi came out and said, "Calm down. We're relatives. Practically, we live in the same village." Uh, what's the problem? And uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told his men, calm down, calm down. Hmm? There was some discussion and, and the Chand he admitted, I had an extraordinary dream. I want to tell you about it. But he said, can I speak to you in private? Mahaprabhu said, these are all my men. I don't hide anything from them. They've given themselves entirely to me. This is my private group. Whatever you say to me, you say before all of them. Hmm? So he told about the dream and he opened his kurta and there, there were scratch marks on his chest, and all the devotees were amazed that Bhagwan Narasinga had come and chastised him in this way. And so that that, that place is worshipped in Namadweep for generations. It's a Muslim family, generation after generation after generation they honor the devotees of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? There, the Sankirtan can go on. Hmm? Uh, no one will ever interfere with the Sankirtan. Uh, of course, it's not run by Muslims anymore in the state, but even when it was, then, for generations. So when the Shingadev is prominent as a deity presiding over the Kirtan, over the Murdanga, this clay drum that Mahaprabhu employed in his uh, Namsan Kirtan, which is the principal means practice given by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu mm-hmm. as he taught in Shikshastakam. Sankirtan is the way. So this Ms. Singadeva has an important role to play, important part to play at a certain stage in that bhakti. And we are all members of course of the vinod Parivar, the family of vinod hmm? He started this interaction of Gaudiya Vaishnavism with the modern world, hmm? which is our task. Which means we have to look at bhakti and chaitanya bhakti essentially and understand it in a living way, as bhakti Thakura did, and keep the, the, the keep the bhakti Vinodhara, the line of bhakti vinod alive in the world. You can't be a dull-headed devotee and do this. You can't be a religious fanatic and do this. No, you have to understand the spirit behind the law. Hmm? The essence of the text. So this is what we do here. Hmm? This is what we do, and and as anyway, as members of the Bhakti Bhoomi we'll conclude our talk today, and send everyone in to cook for Nishinga Bhagawan uh, with a poem that um, we
2: often chant, written by Bhakti Bhoomi He says, E ridae kam, adi ripucha prati stasya satya." Soda Rai, who dare show down a arkishna Charade, more eto come on. Kandi Pade, Magi Bokakan, Nira Padi, Nabu Dwipe, Jugal Bajan. Boy, boy, pie done a darshane, Hui Bokobe, more doi curry. Well, there we go. Yadapi Bishana Mutti Dushta Jeeve, pretty. Praladi Krishna Bokta Jane Badra Ati Kobiba Prasana Huiye Sakripo Bachani Nilpai Koribe E. Muda Akinkjani Sachande Boysho He Water Sri Goronga Dhami Nugula Bajana How Rati How Name Mama Bhakta Kripo Bole Bikna Jabedur Shudda Chitte Bajo Radha Krishna Rasapura E. Bole Kobay Mor Master Kupar I'll read the translation to you. This is a poem written by Bhakti Vinod Thakur in
0: relation to Nisringa It's the place where it is said after Nishringa killed Hiranyakasipu, he went to the Bay of Bengal to wash his hands and touched down in Navadvip. Hmm? That's called Nasingapoli. So it's a famous place in Navadvip, the nine islands that exemplify, that, that represent the nine forms of bhakti hmm? that Pralad enunciated. So Navadvip is also the way. Vrindavan is the goal. Prabhupada said, Navadvip is my place of worship Vrindavan is my home. So it means we worship Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and through Chaitanya Mahaprabhu we live ultimately in Vrindavan. So this prayer comes in, in relation to the Shingadeva and Chatur and the Shingapoli. He says, within my sinful heart, Bhakti Vinotaku says, six enemies headed by lust perpetually reside as well as duplicity, the desire for fame plus sheer cunning, residing at the lotus feet of Narasimhadeva here at Nasingapoli in Nabadweep, I pray that he will mercifully purify my heart and give me the desire to serve Sri Krishna. Weeping, I beg at the lotus feet of Narasimhadeva for the benediction of worshiping Radha and Krishna in Nabadweep, perfectly safe and free from all difficulties. When will this Lord Hari, whose terrible form strikes fear into fear itself, ever become pleased and show me his mercy. Even though Nanasinghadev is terrifying towards sinful souls, he offers great auspiciousness to devotees of the Lord headed by Prahlad. When will he be pleased to speak words of compassion unto me, a worthless fool, and thereby make me fearless? Yes, he's very mean to those who are mean. And mean means who have anarthas in their hearts, unwanted things. Hmm? That's meanness in us. Prahlad had known Artis, and he purred like a pussycat, like a kitten to Prahlad. The whole universe was afraid of Nisringadev and how to pacify him, because every god and goddess represents some desire. Hmm? As much as we have separate desires, as much as Nisringadev will be a little hard to to look at, he's the enemy of those desires, which get in the way of our bhakti. Hmm? So we have courage then. (laughs) <laughs> we worship Nishinga, and he will rip out like the the intestines of uh, the shir- of Sipu, the anarthas, and he garlands himself with those. Hmm.
1: Hmm.
0: They become beautiful in that context when they're pulled out. Hmm. When will he be pleased and speak words of compassion unto me? a worthless fool, and thereby make me fearless. He will say, Dear child, sit down freely and live happily here in Shigorangadam. May you nicely worship the divine couple and may you develop loving attachment for their holy names. By the mercy of my devotees, all obstacles are cast far away. With a purified heart, just perform the worship of Radha Krishna. For such worship overflows with sweet nectar. Nectar, Saying this, will that Lord delightedly place his own divine lotus feet upon my head? I will experience sublime love for the divine couple, Radha Krishna, and undergo the ecstatic transformations called Sattvika Bhavas. Falling on the ground, I will roll about at the door of Sri Dev's temple. Bhagavan Sri Nisringadeva ki jai. Sri Nisringa Chaturdas ki jai. Bhakta Prahlāda Mahārāja ki jāya. Gaur
2: premanande bohariya.
0: Bohari. Any question? Yes. Uh, Vijay and I were speaking earlier about you was asking me, why is it that people will come and to Gaudiya Sampradaya and consider, from you know, singer-gave their dish to Devita, what about those people he said? Let them go to vaikuntha if they like. Hmm? It's possible. Chitanda's campaign is far and wide. Ultimately he's campaigning in the context of giving the opportunity for rag bhakti but inside of that other opportunities are also contained so there may be devotees whose destiny is vaikuntha who come and are collected up by Chaitanya mahaprabhu hmm? his his methodology is universal also chanting the Hare krishna mantra one can get its nam uh, chintamani uh, nam nam swarup chintamani swarup so whatever swarup you want if you want to go to vaikuntha that's going to give it to you more readily than the Madhva Sampradaya, than the Ramanuja Sampradaya, in kaliyuga namkirtan. So some people may have their destiny; they may be collected up in the large campaign of chaitanya mahaprabhu and sent there, or they may do that in a mental way without understanding what they're really doing and what the Sampradaya is all about. And it may they need to be need to be instructed. Hmm? They 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 may not they properly understand the teaching and so forth, and then they become educated and they go, oh, I see, we shall worship Nishringadeva in this way. There's a big, and I'll conclude with this beautiful deity of Nishringadeva in, uh, in, in Jaipur, there was a deity, said to be a deity of Jiva Goswami. Hmm? Jiva Goswami is our Tattva Acharya, from whom we, we, we learn the Siddhanta so comprehensively. And the Shringadev is the deity of Sridhar Swami, who was very, who Mahaprabhu was very fond of. He wrote a beautiful, beautiful commentary on the Bhagavatam that uh, establishes the eternality of the form of the Lord.
1: Hmm.
0: And so we prayed in the Shringadev that he as, uh, 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 that that he made the Bhagavatam known in this context, regard to the eternality of the form of Bhagawan, to um, Śrīdhār Swami, we bless, pray that He will also give us uh, His mercy. We may understand Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam like Jīva Goswāmī. Hmm? Yeah, we will be sure to enter the Bhrāja-Līlā. Śrīgā-Bhagavān ki jāi, Bhakta-Parlāt ki jāi, Gaur-Bhakta-Vrinda ki jai go pre manande hri